So we're going to wrap up the Gospel of the Kingdom series today. Um, not that we've exhausted the Gospel of the Kingdom, but that uh, we're preparing for the next piece of what the Lord's calling us to uh, sermon-wise. So today we're going to wrap up the Gospel of the Kingdom and with, with three different scriptures. So you can open your Bible to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And so this one comes from the Amplified, Matthew 11, chapter 12. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. Isn't that good? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. The King James Version, it says it this way, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom, heaven, kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So Jesus is talking about John the Baptist, and he has this little kind of off comment about John the Baptist. And at first, it doesn't sound... It's kind of like, whoa, the kingdom of heaven is being assaulted. What in the world are you talking about? This is a little confusing. But as you think about it more, it begins to make a little bit more sense. Unfortunately, Jesus didn't dive real deep into this, as he very often did not. So that's our first scripture for the day. The other two scriptures, I'm going to go ahead and read to you guys, because all three of them tie in together with what we're talking about. This is in Matthew chapter 13, and this is verse 44. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. I'm using the Passion Translation. It says, Heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. A person discovered that there was hidden treasure in a field, and upon finding it, he hid it again. Because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed, and he sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field just so he could have the treasure. Heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all he had in exchange for it. Okay? So the kingdom of heaven is like these three scriptures that we're talking about today. The kingdom of heaven is, is being pushed forward by violent men and women of God. People who can see what's not seen. And they grab a hold of the things that God says. And even though they don't fully understand it and don't have everything mapped out along the way, they kick down the doors. And they're like, I'm going through. Here we go. I'm going to press in and I'm going to advance the kingdom of God violently, whatever it takes. I'm not going to be stopped. God said this and by golly, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out there and push this thing forward. The violent in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus, so he celebrates those type people. And then in a few chapters later, he celebrates the farmer, or not the farmer, but the treasure hunter. So last time I talked, we talked about the Curse of Oak Island. I know we got one hooked on it. Anybody else get hooked on it? Okay, we got two hooked on it since I talked. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You can pay me later. Um, <laughs> so this scripture in chapter 13, it says this, heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. A person discovered that there was hidden treasure in a field, and upon finding it, he hid it again. Because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field just so he could have the treasure. Amen? So in both of these scriptures, Jesus himself 
he was the one that was looking, right? He was the one that gave everything. He was the one that was searching for the pearl. He was the one searching for the treasure, and he found you. And he sold all that he had to get you, to buy you, to bring you into the kingdom of God. Yes and amen. But Jesus is also talking about the kingdom at large. Jesus was our model, and so there's something in these scriptures for you specifically, every single person in the room. So what is Jesus saying to you about being like the ones searching for treasure? The Lagina brothers, they bought the whole island, and they dumped millions of dollars into this island to find the treasure because they know something amazing is down there. They've tasted a tiny bit, and they're going to do whatever it takes to violently press forward to figure out what happened on this island. It's amazing. And Jesus celebrates the people in the kingdom of God who do the same thing. Jesus and his father have hidden things in fields in plain sight of all the other people around you waiting for you to find. Jesus and his father have hidden treasure in places for you to find. So the question today is, are you willing to go find the treasure? And are you looking to find the treasure? What has he hidden for you to find? This, this parable of the pearls. Heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. And when he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all he had in exchange for it. So he's hunting, he's hunting, he's looking, he's traveling here and there, looking all over for something phenomenal. And the moment he finds it, he gives all of his money so that he can be in possession of this beautiful pearl. Any guesses of what the most expensive pearl in the world, how much it costs? Anybody? $5? $10? $100? $1,000,000? Anybody else? Has anybody ever seen the most expensive pearl in the world, like on a picture of it? You don't get to today. I'm sorry. But <laughs> it's huge. It's like this big, okay? You can Google it. It's like this big, and it's the shape of a clam because it was this pearl that was inside of this big, huge clam, and the pearl grew into the whole shape of the clam. This diver found it, and he thought it was really cool, so he grabbed it, he pulled it up, and he thought it was a lucky charm, and so he put it under his bed, and he slept with it under his bed for 10 years, not realizing what he had. At some point later in the future, somebody decided to appraise the pearl. And they said, this pearl is worth $130 million. Isn't that amazing? The pearl of great price, right? The Lord has hidden things in plain sight, available for you to go and find if you're willing to go look, if you have your eyes open, if you're willing to go out of your way to search a little bit to find what he's hidden for you. And I think that the Christian life, your life in the kingdom of God, is supposed to be a series of moments in your life where you are searching and you're looking and you hear the voice of God and you put the stake in the ground and you say, God said this, and by golly, I'm going to do whatever it takes to violently push through this thing, and I'm going to do what God said. And you have this moment and you put the stake in the ground and you go and you stand there until God says, move on, or until it happens, right? And then maybe a few years later, the Lord speaks again, and off we go again, and again, and off we go again, and over and over and over and over and over through your life. I really think most everybody in the room has a history, a lineage of these moments where God spoke, and you said, this is crazy, but okay, I'm going to follow God, and you put the stake in the ground, and you said yes to God. 
And for those people who say yes to God in radical ways like that, you have tremendous rewards in the kingdom of heaven waiting for you when you get to, when you get to heaven. Because Hebrews 11.6, it says, you must believe that God exists and that he loves to reward those who diligently seek him. Amen? So the Father and Jesus, and they talk about this in the scriptures, they love to diligently reward you for seeking the things that he's hidden in plain sight for you. But the question is, when you come across those things, are you looking? Do you have your eyes open? Are you willing to go out of your way and to be inconvenienced to find the treasure? In this case, for Ted and Tammy, they're willing to say, what, Lord? There's something in Colorado? What, Lord? You're not going to tell me what it is? What, Lord? I have no job when I get there? What, Lord? Okay. <laughs> and they say yes because the Lord spoke, moved to Colorado, right? There's so much reward. And that is how your life in the kingdom of God is supposed to be. The Lord loves it when you sacrifice and you say yes to him and you walk in faith with him. So are you willing? Are you looking? Are you trying to find what he's hidden for you? A couple things to point out is that the pearls are created from pain, right? So the oyster, you guys probably all know this, but the oyster gets a little, some sort of irritant inside of the shell. And that irritant, maybe it's a piece of sand or a piece of dirt or some little piece of garbage. It's junk, it's trash, it's worthless, and it's annoying. But the Lord gave the grace to the oysters to secrete this material that eventually begins to coat the irritant so it's nice and smooth. And not only is it nice and smooth, but it's beautiful and it's valuable. See, the Lord has given grace to every single one of us to take the stuff of the world, the situations of the world, and to have the grace to accept it and to move forward with it and turn junk into something beautiful, to turn trash into jewelry that's valuable in the kingdom of God. So that's how the pearls are created. The other thing that I think is interesting is that when you go find the pearl of great price or when you go find the treasure hidden in the field, Oftentimes, this may not be treasure that you had anything to do with in creating it, right? So the guy who found the pearl of great price, he didn't make the pearl. He didn't go work hard to get the pearl. It was grace given to him, right? It was a gift that the Lord helped him to find. So oftentimes in the kingdom of God, when the Lord whispers to you and says, hey, come over here, and you're like, okay, here we go, the Lord is opening the door for you to enter into or for you to find a treasure that's possibly some saint of old, somebody who went long before you, somebody who sowed and sowed and sowed and sowed and pressed into God and violently took the kingdom of force, and now it's been covered up and buried, and now you have the opportunity to walk into what they opened up for you, and now you get to pick it up, and you get to enjoy it, and you get to show the world whatever this thing is. Which is amazing because in the family of God, it's all intertwined, right? He loves to build the story on top of what people have done in the past. And it's the reason that there's this great cloud of witness getting to watch and observe and see and cheer you on to move forward in the kingdom of God. Because it all builds on top of each other. So when you hear the whisper of God and he says, hey, hey, why don't we do this together? 
and you are looking and you're willing and you say yes to God, oftentimes you get to go walk into something that somebody else gave their life for, and now you get to bring it out so that the world can experience whatever it was. How amazing is that? The other thing I want to point out is that the violent take it by force, but on the opposite, the passive or the non-forceful do not take the kingdom by force, and they do not receive the pearl of great price, right? So now I want to be clear. There are times when you can rest in the Lord and violently accelerate the kingdom of God, okay? So there's a difference there. But the ones who just sit back and passively do nothing and don't say, yes, God, I'm going to walk with you. Yes, God, I'm going to move forward. Yes, God, I'm going to listen to your voice. Those people are not the ones who receive great reward in the kingdom of heaven. Plain and simple. So are you willing to find the treasure? Are you looking for the treasure? What do you think God has hidden for you? Today's call is really, really simple. It's just a call to abandon everything once again. (laughs) to give it all away and say, yes, God. It's apparently a theme in my preaching at the moment. (laughs) That's all there is to it. Give everything up, say yes to God, and your life is going to be the most beautiful, amazing life in heaven when you get there. I'm not saying it's going to be easy now. I'm not saying it's going to be super fun all the time now. I'm not saying you're not going to have problems now. You're probably going to have a whole bunch of irritants in your life now on the earth. But if you say yes to God, your treasures and your impact and your legacy in the kingdom of heaven is going to be far beyond anything you could ever imagine today. So it's easy to, you know, think of the big stuff like, oh, move across state lines and do this big giant thing, right? But also my question to you is, what is the most recent thing that the Lord called you to do that you know God said this, God spoke it, and you took radical, decisive action to follow God in that thing. So what was the last thing that that was? Take a moment, just think about it. The last thing God called you to, and you took radical, decisive action on. Nod your head if you've got something in your, in your brain. Now maybe some of you guys know what God said, but you never took radical, decisive action. Maybe it's still sitting there for you to go find and uncover, right? Then my other question is, so that was the last thing. How are you doing putting the stake in the ground and standing there and not moving until God says go or until it happens? So whatever he told you to do, judge yourself. (laughs) Take a little test real quick and see how are you doing? Did you obey, obey everything that the Lord called you to do? I won't look at you while you judge yourself. (laughs) I just want to get real about it for a second. How are you doing? And then my next question is, what do you think the next thing is? So how would you do with the last thing God gave you? If you didn't do very well with the last thing he gave you, here's what's cool about the Lord. Very likely, it's still there. Now, not always, but very likely, very often, whatever he offered you last that you chose not to take, you still have the opportunity to go back and violently take it by force. Now, somebody else may have come along and picked it up, and you may have to fight a little bit harder to get that back for yourself and for your own inheritance, but the Lord loves it when you have the attitude to say, you know what, 
that's mine. I'm going for it. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to grab that back. So if you didn't do something very well previously, my encouragement today is go back and do that thing and put the stake in the ground and obey with all of your heart. And if you did really well, then my question is, what's next? What's the next treasure? What's the next stake in the road of your walk with the Lord in the kingdom realm? What's he calling you to? What's he speaking to you? And are you afraid of doing it with all of your heart? Is there anybody in the room who has ever surrendered something to the Lord when he called them? And you know, you know, God said to do this. And you're like, oh, man, I don't know, God. That's crazy. That's nuts. And you did it. And you were crazy enough to do it. And all of your friends looked at you and thought you were totally foolish. They looked at the guy who bought the field and gave everything he had for the field. And they were like, you're a moron. There's no house. There's no well. There's no farm. There's no income producing anything. You gave everything for this piece of dirt? What's wrong with you? So have you ever sacrificed like that and said, yes, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes, and here we go, and everybody thought you were nuts, where the Lord lets you down? Now, I'm not saying you did it, and it was hard, or people let you down, or it was a difficult circumstance, but when you really get down to brass tacks, where the Lord himself did not do what he said he would do. It's not going to happen. You're not going to find anybody. Yes, you will find people with disappointment. Yes, you will find people with pain. Yes, you will find people where it didn't work out like they anticipated it to work out, big time. <laughs> but where the Lord let them down, you'll never find it. So whatever he's calling you to next, whatever the big next thing is for you, don't fear. Like the Lord is with you. He has treasure hidden for you, something phenomenal, something amazing. He wants your life in eternity to be the most fun thing you've ever dreamt up. <laughs> and he's constantly giving you opportunities to see that become a reality. But if you don't violently take it by force, you're not going to enjoy those things in the kingdom realm. And you're not going to see God show up and move wherever you go in this current realm. So... Maybe, okay, so taking radical, decisive action in the kingdom of God does not mean moving, right? It doesn't always mean that. It does not always mean you have to go start some giant church or you have to go do a Bible study. It could be as simple as your radical, decisive action God's calling you into is to pray hard for an hour a day. We're aware of a missionary in um, Mongolia, and he's like, my understanding is he's basically a hermit. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk to people. He doesn't like to get out and about. He's not Gregorius. He just wants to be in his closet and pray. And he moved to Mongolia to start a church planting movement. And all he does is pray like eight hours a day. And he asks God, give me one or two people to pour my life into and let me pray. And today, decades later, there's thousands of converts in, I believe, dozens and dozens and dozens of churches in Mongolia. Your radical decisive action is going to be tailored for you. It's going to be specific for you. So if you're a mom and you're pouring out your life, and in Rachel's case, you're getting beat up all day long by your two-year-old. She's like breaking off your arms and smashing your face and giving you black eyes, right? 
If that's your reality, you can still do radical, decisive action in the kingdom of God. And maybe it looks like praying when you're driving from here to here. Or maybe it's discipling one person. Or maybe it's giving faithfully to whatever the Lord calls you to give to. It could be so simple. But my question today is, are you looking and are you willing to say yes to God when he calls you to have radical, decisive action in the kingdom of God? Amen? So I'm going to pray for you guys. And uh, then we're going to be dismissed. We can pray for anybody else that needs help or uh, healing or whatever. But, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the treasure that you've hidden. We thank you that violent people are the ones who take the kingdom by force, who advance the kingdom of God. Lord, we want to be violent people in the kingdom. We want to be the ones who hear the whisper and we say yes and we throw everything away to run as fast and as hard as we can to what you've called us to because we want to advance your kingdom on the earth as much as humanly possible uh, while we're still here. And Lord, we want to be the one that was searching for the treasure and found the treasure and gave everything to buy that field because we know in our hearts it's worth it. It's worth every sacrifice to put the stake in the ground and say yes to you. We want to be like the one who found the pearl of great price and gave everything away to bring that into his life. We want to be like those people, God. So help us, Father. And I'm asking this morning you would speak clear as day. We thank you that there's no judgment in you, that all judgment was taken care of on the cross, and we thank you for that. We thank you that you are so full of grace. And we thank you for anybody in the room who heard your voice and didn't take radical, decisive action the last time you spoke. We thank you, God, that there's grace to pick it up again today and to press forward with that thing today as if, as if it never happened, right? Just to pick it up where it left off and keep moving forward and keep advancing the kingdom and receive those rewards in the kingdom. And we thank you, God, for the dozens and dozens in the room who have a lifetime of surrendering and sacrificing and putting a stake in the ground and standing in faith even when it didn't make sense, even when uh, it seemed like everything was going against them. They said yes to you. God, we honor them. We thank you for them. Can't wait to see what their lives are like in eternity. And I'm asking that you would speak clear as day again on what's next. What's the next adventure? What's the next treasure that you've hidden for them? Make it clear as day, God, and give them the courage and the faith and the ability to say yes to you and press into you again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we just pray a special blessing over all of the moms. Just all of the selfless sacrifice over every single one of them. All of the times where they felt unappreciated or looked over, felt like what they were doing didn't matter. Father, we thank you for them. We're asking that you pour out tremendous grace and favor and blessing, the deepest desire of their hearts. God, would you see those things, and would you bring those things into their life as you celebrate them and their sacrifice and their love for the things that you've put in their life. And we bless them this morning. And all the people said, amen. Amen, amen.